You're listening to Comedy Central. It's been a little over five months since a violent mob stormed the U.S. Capitol, took over the floor of the Senate, and passed a law giving tax breaks to incels. And even now, the FBI is still tracking down the rioters, sometimes in the most hilarious ways possible. Another Western New Yorker has been arrested, accused of taking part in the riots at the United States Capitol. Daniel Warmus of Alden was arrested last night for his alleged role in the riots inside the U.S. Capitol January 6th. Now, here's the official FBI complaint, which started with an anonymous tip from someone who says just six days after the insurrection, they overheard Warmus bragging to his dentist about his trip to Washington, even playing videos of his experience that day. That person told the FBI they could hear Warmus talking about how he smoked marijuana inside the Capitol and how he refused police officers' instructions to leave the building. Okay, look, 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 wait, 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 wait. You can laugh at this guy, but he's not alone. So many Capitol riots have gotten busted because they bragged about it afterwards. Which honestly, guys, I kind of understand. I mean, how could you not tell people about the craziest, most interesting thing you've ever done. You stormed the Capitol. You have to tell people. I mean, that's why I could never be part of a heist. So Trevor, how was your weekend? (laughs) Ah, I broke into a casino vault. It was the most exciting thing ever, man. We got inside and there were lasers. Everyone was like pew, 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 pew. And then I was dodging the lasers. Then I got in and I cracked the vault. Then I got the money and I was like, bam, I'm rich, baby. Ooh, it was wild. All right, you can call the cops now. You know what is surprising to me though? is that this guy confessed his crimes to his dentist. I mean, how can you be that open with your dentist? I'm scared to even tell my dentist I haven't been flossing. And what really blows my mind is that someone could even understand anything this guy was saying to his dentist. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with a dentist? All right, just open wide. I'm gonna move your tongue over here and tell me, so how's your summer been going? And while the FBI is still working on IDing everyone who stormed the Capitol that day, the ones that they have already found are working on staying out of prison. Like, remember this guy? Yeah, the most effective anti-fur ad of all time? Well, his lawyer has come up with one of the most novel defenses you will ever hear. The attorney for Jacob Chansley, the so-called QAnon shaman who stormed the Capitol on January 6th, is drawing criticism over remarks he made when he was talking about the defense strategy for his clients. I want to warn you, this is offensive, but they are his words. Albert Watkins says, quote, a lot of these defendants, and I'm going to use this colloquial term, perhaps disrespectfully, but they're all effing short bus people. These are people with brain damage. They're effing retarded. They're on the goddamn spectrum. But they're our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors, our co-workers, they're part of our country. They aren't bad people, they don't have prior criminal history. F, they were subjected to four plus years of goddamn propaganda, the likes of which the world has not seen since effing Hitler. Goddamn people. That's his lawyer saying that shit about him. You gotta admit, that's one hell of a legal strategy. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, my client seems like a brain dead idiot who can be convinced into committing treason. I rest my case. Honestly, people, this was the craziest thing I have ever heard from a lawyer in my life. I mean, this guy managed to use inflammatory remarks 
offend an entire group of people and completely distract everyone from what his client was caught on camera doing. Donald Trump is probably sitting back watching this like, where was this guy when I was getting impeached? I'm also a susceptible moron. You know what's weird though, is that even though the lawyer used all these horribly offensive words in a strange way, his heart is kind of in the right place. Because what he's really saying is that we shouldn't criminalize mental disability, the neurodivergent, and the easily manipulated. He's basically the most unwoke, woke person in the world. You know, it's sort of like an old man saying, well, I say the blacks are every bit as valuable as normal folk. Nigger lives matter. But people, it's important to remember that a mob of morons didn't just materialize out of nowhere. People encouraged and inspired these morons. And they made security decisions that allowed these morons to break into what should be the most secure place in America. I mean, aside from wherever Ariana Grande held her wedding, which is why many people in Congress are saying it's important to investigate how this happened. Although interestingly enough, other people in Congress are saying it's better not to ask. Congress voting today on a 9-11 style commission to investigate the January Capitol attack. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy came out against creating the commission yesterday, followed later by a formal recommendation by House GOP leadership for members to vote no. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell just announcing on the floor that he opposes the bipartisan bill to form a January 6th commission as it is currently drafted. After careful consideration, I've made the decision to oppose the House Democrats' slanted and unbalanced proposal for another commission to study the events of January the 6th. In a statement, former President Trump said Republican lawmakers should not approve the commission, calling it a Democrat trap. It's just more partisan unfairness, and unless the murders, riots, and firebombings in Portland, Minneapolis, Seattle, Chicago, and New York are also going to be studied, this discussion should be ended immediately. Oh, I'm not going to lie. My man Trump is right. How is this commission just gonna investigate January 6th when there's so much other shit to figure out, huh? Like what happened in Portland? Who killed Tupac and Biggie? Who's the monster who created Jorts? The people need to know. But seriously though, is Trump really trying to all riots matter this commission? I mean, look, I'm, I'm not surprised that the GOP's leaders are trying to derail this thing. You know, investigating the insurrection means the Republican party would have to take a good hard look at itself. And if I was Mitch McConnell, looking at myself is the last thing I'd want to do. Venmo, you know, the app that lets friends send the same $25 back and forth to each other. The money transfer app has become one of the most popular ways for people to pay for definitely not weed, but it's also a kind of social network with all of the privacy risks that go along with that. And it turns out that no one is safe. Heads up to anybody who uses Venmo. If you've got the app on your phone, it allows you to send money to people with the click of a button. You have the ability to make those transactions public or private. However, one thing is apparently not private, your contacts on Venmo. Users were able to find President Biden's personal Venmo account recently. And BuzzFeed was able to uh, look at everybody Joe Biden is connected with on the Venmo app. The White House was alerted to this. They scrubbed the president's account soon after. Venmo has not said whether they plan to make contact lists private after this report. Okay, this is shocking. Joe Biden has a Venmo account? How? The dude is like 150 years old. I thought, I thought he paid for everything with silver dollars or some shit. I didn't even know they had Venmo on rotary phones. Pizza emoji. 
cash emoji, heart emoji. And also people, what does Joe Biden even need a Venmo account for? I mean, he's the president of the United States. Who's asking him to chip in for drinks at Brian's birthday party? Like, I don't know if I'm the only one. I always thought that anyone who commanded a drone army didn't pay for anything. But the fact is that even the president's data is publicly available on Venmo, which is kind of scary. I mean, not really for me. I've become numb to how dangerous tech is. You know, I'm used to tech companies abusing my privacy. Like, I know the app that shows me what I look like as a bird is actually being used to create an artificially intelligent killing machine, but what am I supposed to do? Not see what I look like as a bird? I mean, it's gonna bring me joy for like three seconds, guys. It's worth it. But I can't imagine that Joe Biden is losing too much sleep over this. I mean, first of all, I've seen Biden speak. He's asleep even when he's awake. And second, he's the president of the United States, all right? Do you know how much other shit he's got on his plate? He's got to end unemployment. He's got to fix the immigration system. And he's got to get major to let go of Pete Buttigieg. And on top of all of that, now he's got to deal with UFOs. Here's a question you've probably been asked before. Do you believe in UFOs? A former Navy pilot says his F-18 squadron began seeing unidentified flying objects consistently. The Pentagon confirms these are images of objects it can't identify. Lieutenant Graves told us pilots training off the Atlantic coast see things like that all the time. Every day. Every day for at least a couple of years. Um, wait, wait a minute, every day for a couple of years? Mm -hmm. The Intelligence Committee has ordered the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense to deliver a report on the mysterious sightings by next month. Okay, hold up. The Navy has had UFO sightings every day for two years? Two years? These aliens have just been popping in, popping out, popping in, pop, but not doing it? It was the most passive-aggressive alien invasion ever! Listen here, aliens, we got a lot of shit on our plate. Either you probe me to death or you don't, but you don't leave me in suspense. Oh, and by the way, if any of you aliens have been watching us recently, you do realize this is not how we normally roll, right? I wanna clarify a few things for you, aliens. Humans don't usually wear masks, okay? We don't usually just talk to each other over the computer. And we don't usually scratch our butts and then sniff it to make sure it smells like butt. I know that we actually do that, but I just don't want us to look bad to aliens, so making us look good. By the way, I gotta say, I'm not surprised that this pilot was a white guy. I mean, this dude saw UFOs every day for years. And then he just kept on going back to work every single day. Like, well, I wonder if they'll be back there tomorrow. <laughs> Guess I'll find out. Because I'll tell you now, man, if that was an African pilot, the moment he saw a UFO, he'd be landing that plane and finding himself a new job. I have no business with those ones, huh? I don't know why they are coming, but I have no business. But look, people, all joking aside, there's no such thing as aliens, all right? I know that whenever we hear about UFOs, people get all excited, but there's always a perfectly reasonable explanation for what you see. For instance, those could be secret military planes or even just clouds. Yeah, so just ignore the UFOs. But if the aliens ever do come to kill us all, I just hope that they give us an option on how to die. Sort of like what South Carolina is doing. Breaking news here and quite a choice to make here, really. In South Carolina, the governor has just signed a law that would force inmates on death row to choose electric chair 
or firing squad. The state has not carried out an execution in a decade, this due to a shortage of drugs for lethal injection. So this new law keeps lethal injection as the preferred method, but it does require either the chair or the firing squad if those drugs are not available. That's right. If South Carolina can't get the drugs to lethally inject you, then you choose either electrocution, in which case they take you to the electric chair, or death by firing squad, in which case they take you to an American high school. And I just have a question here, people. How are they even coming up with these options? Who's doing this? Are they just all in a room spitballing ideas? So how about a firing squad or a guillotine or, oh, oh, what about this? Eating too many ghost peppers. What do you think? Or we could always just not kill them. (laughs) Just kidding. How about if they get trampled by elephants? I mean, look, I guess props to South Carolina for being the only Republican state giving more black people the right to vote on something. But my question is, how do you expect people to choose an option? Like, how do they even know which one is better? Like, the people who've been through it can't exactly post a Yelp review, so how do you know? I mean, personally, I'd probably pick the chair, you know? Yeah, it's gonna be horrible, but at least I'd have a little last-minute revenge. Yeah, you might be executing me, but wait until you see your electric bill. Ha <laughs> ha! The police. The answer to the question, whatever happened to that bully from high school? Ever since the Black Lives Matter movement began, there has been a debate over the best way to stop police abuse. Should the police be reformed, defunded, abolished? And police have consistently replied, nah, let's do none of that. But now, even the most stubborn police organizations are giving at least a little ground. Police unions across the country endorsing a potential shift in the way that officers defend each other. The union's committee-approved plan calls on more than 350,000 members of law enforcement to intervene when they see another union member doing something wrong, a rejection of the so-called code of silence among police officers. Interesting. So you're telling police officers that starting now, if they see someone committing a crime, they'll have to stop it? I guess we can try it. For real though, people, it's so disconcerting that police even had to be told this. It's like the employees must wash hands signs in restaurant bathrooms. What were you doing before this rule? Now, there's always the potential that this could be a slippery slope because knowing cops, Once they start policing each other, well, they're gonna also start over-policing each other. And pretty soon, the NYPD could just be 10,000 cops planting crack pipes in each other's squad cars. But I still think that this is the right move because a code of silence is pretty much always a bad thing. I mean, the only acceptable code of silence is the one where you hear your grandmother casually fart and you just pretend it didn't happen. You know, when you think about it, it's actually ironic that police even have a code of silence because half of their job is convincing you to snitch. Tell us who sold you the drugs, Brad. It's the right thing to do. Okay, but first, you tell me which officer beat me up while I was handcuffed. I'm not telling you nothing. I ain't no snitch. Moving on to news from the world of politics. We all know Rudy Giuliani, right? former advisor to President Trump and the only lawyer loyal enough to go to jail with his clients. But did you know that Giuliani once spawned offspring? Yeah, it's true. And now one of them is following in his footsteps. 
We have new developments in the New York governor's race just into the live desk this morning. Andrew Giuliani, the son of former New York City mayor and former Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani, throwing his name in the hat this morning. Giuliani's only political experience is his former role as President Trump's sports liaison, where he helped to organize White House visits for sports teams. I worked in the Trump administration for four years, and I'm proud of many of the policies that we were able to accomplish in there. But I think I'm going to be pushing policies that's going to be pro-economic development. It's going to be record-setting crime reduction, which I think the Giuliani name is certainly associated with, and we have that playbook ready to go. The Giuliani name is associated with crime reduction. I mean, I guess if one person is personally doing all the crimes, that does reduce the number of criminals. But yeah, Rudolph Giuliani's son is now running for governor off of his dad's name. And it's not a bad move. I mean, considering how much Americans love political dynasties. Bush, Clinton, Cheney, Kennedy, Cuomo. It's almost like America fought the revolution to say, we don't want a king. We want like six to eight kings and they can rotate. What surprises me is that any politician's kid would want to go into politics. Yo, man, personally, I would steer clear of any job that turned my dad into a melting piece of licorice. I want none of that action. But of course, Andrew Giuliani isn't just running as the son of America's only living gargoyle. He's also running off of his extensive experience as President Trump's sports liaison. And I know some people think sports liaison sounds like a bullshit job, like influencer or consultant or astronaut. (laughs) But personally, I think he crushed it as the sports liaison. I mean, who do you think helped Trump get those championship teams all of those cheeseburgers, huh? You think it's easy explaining to Uber Eats that ordering 500 burgers was not a mistake? Yo, New York needs that executive experience so then we could get all of those burgers. And finally, let's talk about pets. They're the reason you occasionally talk like this. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Adopting a pet was one of the most popular things to do during the coronavirus lockdowns. They provided companionship, comfort, and gave you something to post pics of aside from your ugly ass lasagnas. But now that the country is reopening, some of those pets are learning about Petco's return policy firsthand animal shelters across the country are starting to fill up with pets that are being returned after a pandemic adoption boom. Stay-at-home orders from last year prompted a lot of people to take on a dog or a cat as a companion during those difficult months. But now shelters say a lot of those furry friends are being returned. Shelters say the return pets have no behavioral problems. Instead, owners are heading back to work or travel and just didn't feel that they fully understood the gravity of pet adoptions. Okay, this is not cool, man. Like, I understand some people's pets don't live up to their expectations, you know? I mean, I bought a turtle once and it barely did any karate. But pets don't deserve to be treated like this. They're members of the family. You don't just return a member of your family. No, you put them in an affordable group home and visit them just enough times to stay in their will. No, but seriously, people, pets are a real commitment. And I think a lot of people don't understand that going in. Social media doesn't help, by the way. You know, based on people's posts, you think owning a pet was a stress-free cuddle-palooza. You know, nobody is on Instagram walking around like, hey fam, out on another 3 a.m. walk to watch my little fur baby's butthole open up. Hope he poops out the thumb drive with all my work files on it. (laughs) Ha ha, hashtag pet life. 
insects. They're how we all get to experience the thrill of murder. People don't usually get excited about bugs, but when you've got ones that only appear about as often as a friend's reunion, well, that's worth buzzing about. The latest buzz is that billions of cicadas are emerging in the eastern U.S. Brood 10 is coming out of the ground after 17 years. The cicadas have been underground, living on tree sap. And now, as the ground temperature hits 64 degrees, they're making their way to the treetops to mate. Their goal is to reach the tree branches where they will mate, lay eggs, and then die. Two weeks later, the eggs will hatch, the young will tumble to the ground, and the whole 17-year cycle will start all over again. So why do cicadas swarm? Scientists note their bizarre behavior is all part of their survival strategy. It's called predator satiation. They're going to emerge in such massive numbers synchronously, they'll fill the belly of every predator that wants to eat them, and there'll still be enough left over to perpetuate their species. Wow, 17 years. Man, think about how different the world was the last time these guys were up here in 2004. I mean, Tom Brady had just won the Super Bowl. We were getting ready to watch Vin Diesel in a brand new Fast and Furious movie. Ben Affleck was dating J-Lo. Whew, it's gonna be hard for them to adjust. But basically, cicadas hide for 17 years and then emerge all at once to try and have sex as fast as they can. And I feel like right now, everyone coming out of the pandemic is like, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that for sure. And you know, as weird as this seems, it actually makes sense to me that they only do this once every 17 years. I mean, anytime I try to get more than three friends together, we always end up being like, all right, all right, you know what? Uh, what does summer 2038 look like for you guys? All right, great, we'll have brunch then. As interesting as it is though, this life cycle is completely insane. I mean, how did the cicadas even come up with this? Okay guys, you know how most species hang out in the sun all day having fun? Well, how about we stay underground for 17 years sucking on roots? Then we jump out all at once and have sex once before we get eaten. I love it! Oh my words, perfect! Don't change a thing! But let's move on from the cicada orgy to some alarming news about human reproduction. Because you see, it turns out that when Brood 10 returns in 17 years, we might not be around to see them. Could humans one day become an endangered species? Scientists say we are not only grappling with the coronavirus pandemic and a climate emergency, they say humanity is also facing a sperm count crisis. Analysis suggests that sperm counts in the West have dropped by over 50% in the last 40 years. And if the downward trend continues, it's feared that the planet could be facing what scientists are calling a spermageddon by the year 2045. Scientists say our modern life is behind this decline. Unhealthy lifestyles such as smoking and obesity and exposure to dangerous chemicals found in plastics, cosmetics, and pesticides. Wow, okay. This is some really bad news. Although the way they delivered it is probably not gonna hit right with some people. Dude, are you telling me that if I smoke, get really fat, and live an unhealthy lifestyle, then I can have sex without birth control? Yeah, dude, sign me up. But for real, guys, this is bad news. If we don't stop sperm levels from dropping, that means 
the end of pregnancies. And that means no more episodes of Teen Mom. I mean, I'm sure there'll be other effects too. I haven't thought it all through yet, but I'm Teen Mom, people. I mean, I know Spermageddon sounds like a spinoff to the Sharknado movies, but I think we have to start conserving our sperm. We can't just be wasting it anymore just because we saw someone hot in a shampoo commercial. Most importantly, we men have to start treating our bodies better because your sperm is only as healthy as you are. If you're spending all day smoking and eating badly, you can't be surprised when your sperm is also hella out of shape. Okay, guys, let's do it. Time to get to that egg. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, I'm cramping. I'm cramping. Oh boy, this is further than I thought. I just, wow, do, do we have to go to the egg now? We gotta do that right now? Cause this is a lot, oh boy. Oh, I'm not, I don't think I'm gonna make, I just, oh man. You know what? I'm just gonna call an Uber. I just think I, yeah, I see what. Surge pricing. And finally, this is the time of year for spring cleaning. You know, it's when you take out all of your old t-shirts, decide not to throw any of them away, and then put them all back slightly folded. But if you find some stuff while going through your house that you really don't want anymore, please think carefully before giving it away. We all know that saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Well, sometimes it is just trash. This morning, Goodwill is urging people to reconsider what we're donating. It turns out Goodwill is getting a lot of stuff it can't use, like broken furniture and leaky batteries, and that's hurting the nonprofit more than helping. Garbage disposal costs are going through the roof. A spokesperson for Goodwill says, if you wouldn't give it to your judgy mother-in-law, then don't donate it. That's right. Some people out there are actually trying to give Goodwill trash like broken furniture, leaky batteries, and Kanye's last album. And what I wanna know is, who the hell is trying to donate leaking batteries? What asshole is out there going, well, I don't like getting burned by battery acid, but maybe poorer people will? I don't know what they're into. And you know that this has become a real problem for Goodwill because they never say negative stuff like this. They're literally called Goodwill. If they're mad, then there's a good reason. Like if you saw Mr. Rogers going off on Daniel Tiger, well, you know that that little puppet tried to pull some shit. So guys, please make sure that the items you donate are useful. And when it's time to throw away batteries, be responsible. You take them and you put them in a drawer where they just stay forever because no one really knows how to throw batteries away. I mean, it's, it's like, I just, you just keep them. Before we go, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So please consider supporting the National Alliance on Mental Health. They're the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization dedicated to supporting the millions of Americans affected by mental illness. If you wanna help them provide advocacy, education, and support for mental health, then please go to the link below and donate whatever you can. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central, and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.